Hi, I'm Christopher Ankerson from New York University's Center for Global Affairs. And a few days ago, I put out into the Twitter universe a question. What's a foundational text in your field that you keep going back to and that keeps giving you insights? Michael Allen was kind enough to respond and said it was a work by Thomas Schelling that uh, gave him that inspiration. Michael, thanks for joining me. Maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and why you chose this work. Hi, Christopher. Thank you for inviting me to do this. Uh, my, as you already said, my name is Michael Allen. I'm an associate professor at Boise State. And I generally focus on conflict and asymmetric relations in international relations. Most recently, I've been focusing on the positive and negative externalities of U.S. troop deployments in other countries. And when you posted that tweet, I was working on a paper about how troop deployments may affect deterrence in asymmetric pairs, where, say, Russia may be threatening Ukraine. If the U.S. posted troops to Ukraine, would that change that dynamic at all? And Schilling has a way of writing a lot in, say, three paragraphs that can mean the world. And so in that particular paper, I cited him three or four different times because he just says so much and he's very can be very dense at times. And every semester I assign the strategy of conflict in 1960 work that he has pretty, it works as a pretty good primer into game theory for my world politics graduate students. And in particular, chapter three is one that I keep on coming back to because he is discussing coordination games where two people are trying to agree on something where they're better off doing something together and worse off doing something alone. And they want to do the same thing, but both people have something they would prefer to do over the other person. So maybe one person wants to get fast food. The other person wants to go for sushi. The person really wants to go fast food together. The other person really wants to go sushi together. They both want to do the same thing, but they don't know how to overcome it. And he introduces the idea of focal points quite well in there, showing that people can potentially agree on a coordination solution, even with divergent interests, as long as there's something within the game or the uh, problem itself that they can see as significant and decide that they both want to do it. And he tests this a bit by doing experimental surveys in 1960, a little bit before that, before the book was written, with his students. And he has a list of 10 questions. And I ask my students these 10 questions every single semester to see how they respond to these. And it's a pretty interesting exercise. So I want to ask you one of the questions to see how you would respond to it. So this is question number four in his experiment where he says, you are to meet somebody in New York City, and this is a time without cell phones, so 1960. You have not been instructed where to meet. You have no prior understanding with the person on where to meet. You cannot communicate with each other. You are simply told that you will have to guess where to meet and that he is being told the same thing and that you will just have to try to make your guesses coincide. Where do you meet that person in New York? Well, I think because of a kind of cultural meme, in a sense, I would go to Grand Central Terminal at noon and meet under the big clock. And that would be a perfect answer for his students at that time as well, because the vast majority of them say that. And he follows up asking when you would meet them. Um, and typically the answer for that was noon, because that is another good focal point. My students, when you ask them in Boise, Idaho, where they would meet, most of the time will either say the, uh, well, some say the Empire State Building, but more commonly they say the Statue of Liberty, which is a terrible place to meet because you got to take a ferry to get out there and everything else. But it's been in a lot of movies and it has a lot of cultural cachet for people who are not in New York, or they say Times Square. And both of those make sense, but if those people and those my students are trying to meet with someone who's in the book or they're trying to meet with you, you would not meet whatsoever. But if they're meeting with each other, they would be able to meet up with whoever they're trying to meet up with. And so I think these focal points are great because they bring in cultural context into game theory. And obviously you can put a lot of cultural meaning and 
relevance into game theoretic problems. And it shows to me quite well and to my students so far, it seems to demonstrate that game theory problems can be solvable if you come from a similar cultural context. That context can change over both space and time. It's temporally and culturally sensitive. But if you're aware of that, you may be able to design some very interesting games that utilize those to great effect. I just think it's a great demonstration of both his concept and the pliability of game theory in general. Yeah, that, that dimension of intersubjectivity is, is interesting. And again, as a, as a non-game theoretician, not something that I would necessarily, you know, think of immediately when I think about game theory. Uh, but that, that is a fascinating insight that, you know, depending on the shared knowledge of, of the players, you can really come up with, with different outcomes. As you say, uh, a person who lives in New York would, would probably shy very, very much away from those uh, uh, focal points that your students mentioned, but coming from Boise, um, you know, it, it's what they know. And it would be interesting also to see, you know, similarly to take a fish out of water the other direction, um, when you talk about complex games across global uh, milieu, somewhere like the United Nations, how is it possible to have uh, this kind of intersubjectivity? Yeah, absolutely. And so it's, you know, movies may tie us together, cultural hegemony may tie people together, but certainly they have distinct strategies for very similar questions. I thought you were going to say asking someone from New York where they would meet in Boise, and that would be <laughs> somewhere in the center. Yes, that I mean, again, the, the fish out of water would be would be very evident there. I mean, no, nobody would would have that kind of understanding. Well, thanks very much, Michael. I think that's been for me gives me an opportunity to go back and read it again. Everybody reads these things sometimes pretty superficially, but to get those insights, it's inspiring to go back and, and reread for 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 me too. Thanks for having me.